Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Carlson moves into the left wing corner with a puck. He's holding onto it. He's got Barabanov in front. There's the pass that's deflected away. Penalty is over. And now the Sharks shoot it toward the goal deflected wide. Carlson centers. The shot by Barabanov and a save by Forsberg. They still can't clear. Oh, oh they did just get penalty. it out. And now it's going to be a breakaway. For Ottawa, moving in, slap shot by Giroux, and he scores! Anything that could go wrong did go wrong, and David Quinn is absolutely furious on the Sharks bench. There was going to be a penalty on San Jose, a 2-0 breakaway, and a slapper by Giroux, his second goal of the game, makes it a 5-2 Senators lead, and David Quinn is beside himself on the Sharks bench. Yeah, you know, we still can finish, you know, the trip, you know, 500, it'll be a tough game against Buffalo, you know, we got a lot, they have a lot of offense, but they they score, like, against two, so we have to be ready because we, we want to finish at least 500 and get two points tomorrow. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome as we are getting ready for today's game against the Buffalo Sabres as the San Jose Sharks look to finish out this road trip strong. Two and two would be ideal or the best possible record that they can walk away with now, but you know what? I think that they're probably going to have to do a lot of the things that they just did in that game against Toronto, and I think the start of the game is going to tell us a lot about where the Sharks are and how much mental fatigue is set in after very much a, a difficult game last night because, I, you know, I, I talked about it this morning on Morning Tide, if you heard about it. Like, the lack of a call on Hurdle getting tripped, that's not what caused the Sharks to lose. But it was just like adding insult to injury at that point because the Sharks were working hard to get themselves back into the game. Not that they weren't their own worst enemy previously, but they were working hard to get their way back into the game. They were doing good things. Their power play was looking potent. They just couldn't find the back of the net. And then they're still in a position where it's only a one-goal game. They take what looked like to everyone a penalty, and then suddenly they find themselves on the wrong ends of that play, and suddenly it's 5-2, whereas I thought you had a, a chance of making it 4-3, and it was just a lot. It was a lot for the team to take. David Quinn was obviously very, very upset after the game and didn't really want to... Well, once he was upset after the game, he actually calmed down pretty nicely after the game. He was upset in the moment, and I thought for sure, I was like, oh, we are going to see some fining after this one, but actually, uh, Quinn was pretty pretty even-keeled. and I, Quinn makes me laugh a lot because... Like his voice, like his accent from where he is, like it like it like almost sounds like not like not like a caricature of somebody, but like he just like fits like this mold and you expect him to like pop off and then he's just like, meh, you know, he's like the most he said after the game was Shang was like, 
that looked like a trip. And well, here, you can hear him yourself. Uh, tough calls um, at the end there, you know, I heard all the play, you got tripped there, and Reuters is you know, and he said it with a laugh and there was a little bit of a twinkle in his eye. And I was like, this guy cracks me up, man. Like David Quinn is handling some pretty extreme adversity as a first year head coach of the San Jose Sharks. I know it's not his first NHL stint, but like he's being put through the ringer and he's doing it with a smile and a twinkle in his eye. Like when he gets this Sharks team winning, whether or not it's this year, but when he gets them winning, man, I, I am looking forward to the stuff he's going to drop on us because like he's just full of gems as is, and it seems to be getting better. So selfishly, I, I love that kind of thing. I I think it's great, and uh, I am looking forward to the future with David Quinn because he is an entertaining character. But back to my original point, it's not why the Sharks lost, but at that point, it's just like one more thing to add on. It's like, okay, even when we make mistakes, we're still giving ourselves a fighting chance, and then suddenly, boom, there's a complete missed non-call, and it turns into a goal and puts the game completely out of reach. Like That's a lot for a mental from a mental standpoint for the Sharks to take after what has happened to them through at this point, it's been 27 games of the season. Like it's, it's tough. Like the Sharks have been through a lot. And when you get guys like your head coach and Logan Couture, all talking about the fact that the team is finding ways to lose. Like, I don't think they're saying that to try and motivate the troops or try and be inflammatory or anything. I just, it's how it is. Like they are, they they find ways to lose and it's not, you know, this team is in a talent deficit. I will acknowledge that. And yes, they could always play better. And in many of these losses, they are their own worst enemy. But, you know, it's not all falling apart. And even Logan Couture last night when he was asked a question, um, you know, he just kind of says like, not smooth. Have you seen us play this year? And like, I remember, you know, some people were thinking, oh, like Couture is a little bit hot. But like, I know, I I think he was actually kind of laughing at it. Like, what, are you serious? Like, we haven't had many smooth games at all this year. And I don't know, like there was a certain humor in the post game last night, despite the guys being upset, which kind of has me intrigued for what we're going to see today. Like the fact that Logan could be, I don't know if flipping is the right term, but just seemingly like blase. And then Quinn kind of, like I said, had the laugh and a twinkle in his eye after it. Like that, that makes me feel good about the Sharks mental state, even though it is something I obviously wonder about, but it's more encouraging than it otherwise could be because, you know, it, it listen, it could be worse, right? Like the team could be defeated. The team could be in a much, much different place than where they are right now. So when you watch them react to something this way, it just, it, it kind of makes me laugh and it might not make you laugh. You might be more frustrated with it than I am. Um, but I just, just watching the way that that played out and how angry Quinn was to how he addressed it in the post game to what, you know, he kind of said about it and it just, I, I don't know. I was, it was cracking me up. Um, let's take a look at some of the scores from around the league yesterday. The Minnesota Wild got a 5-4 shootout win over the Ducks. The Bruins, who are playing phenomenal hockey right now, they are 20-3 on the year. 5-1 winners over the defending champs, the Avs. The Golden Knights, they got a big win in Detroit over the Red Wings, 4-1. The Oilers, they downed Montreal, 5-3. The Devils, again, they're only one loss worse than the Bruins right now. 3-2 winners over the Flyers. Flyers. That hot start sure seems like a long, long time ago, doesn't it? The Pens all over the Blues, 6-2. Tampa got an overtime win over the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, 4-3. The Blackhawks, which by the way, I thought maybe they were better than their record, but actually they, they've been exactly what I thought they've been ever since, it seems. They beat the Rangers, however, last night, 5-2 for their seventh win of the year. Uh, the Capitals continue to struggle 
as the Flames, who have not exactly lived up to the hype this year, they beat Washington last night 5-2. The Canucks had to fight hard for an overtime win over the Coyotes 3-2. Panthers take it to the Kraken 5-1, and the Hurricanes 4-2 winners over the Kings. And, of course, the Sharks 5-2 falling to the Senators. Um, In terms of the games today, by the time you'll be listening to this, the Wild and the Stars will be underway, as will the Ducks and Jets. Uh, right about the time our one hour of pregame coverage begins at three, the Red Wings and Blue Jackets will be getting underway. And then after the Sharks and Buffalo, we will have the Blackhawks and the Islanders at 4.30. And of course, at four o'clock, the Sharks will be in Buffalo taking on the Sabres. And for the Sharks, this again, the first period is going to be very, very important. We're going to have to see what exactly they bring to the table in that instance. And anytime you have a back-to-back, you're going to look for these critical moments. And my whole thing for the Sharks right now in terms of what they did in the last game versus what they did in this game and going forward is like, are they going to show growth? Because, and and again, I'm not trying to hammer on these two guys, but Hurdle made a blind pass that led to a loss in Toronto. Matt Benning made a blind pass that led to a game-tying goal yesterday. Can the Sharks stop making those blind passes. I mean, that's one of the things that I do wonder about. Are they going to be in that position where they do make those mental mistakes or are they able to show growth barely 24 hours later and not make the same type of error? Because that's admittedly what I'm going to be looking for. And I'm going to be watching Benning in particular to see if he has a bounce back game, assuming he is back in the lineup. We did not get the full details of today's lineup from head coach David Quinn when he spoke earlier this morning. We're going to get into some of that sound in just a little bit here, but I want to see if guys can recover from bad performances. Tomas Hurdle did it brilliantly. You know, the problem was the rest of the Sharks didn't seem to think that anyone else had to do anything. That's what I was like, what, what's going on here, guys? Like you should be you should be doing more here. It can't just be Tomas Hurdle. It's got to be a team collective effort. Oh my God, there goes the lead. You know, that's that's how it went from there. But yeah, I want to see guys correct their mistakes and show that growth and not make those errors again. I get it. It's totally easier said than done. I am the literal armchair quarterback. That's my job. But I'm just telling you what I'm going to be looking for to see if these guys can rectify their mistakes, can show growth from one game to the next and see how they bounce back. Because while I did like their reaction to last night and some of the adversity that they faced, It's more about what they do on the ice that's ultimately more telling. Let's get into some of that sound from head coach David Quinn, who was asked this morning about the way the Sharks finished up strong on previous road trips this year. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, you put yourself in a position where, you know, you want to win road trips, but certainly not losing. We got an opportunity to go 500 on this trip. And, um, you know, obviously, if you go 500 on the road, you feel pretty good about it. But, you know, winning the first game, I thought we put ourselves in a position to do more than that. but. Right now, we've got an opportunity to salvage this road trip in a 500 manner. And I'm all for the salvage operation. Yes, I wanted three out of four on this road trip. I thought that was possible. Uh, You know, it didn't work out that way. But if you can get two out of four, that's certainly better than one out of four. Or if you can get even a point out of tonight's game, that's better than two. You have to look at maximizing every potential, which is what made the Toronto one so so frustrating because you saw that that was a game where you were minutes away from at least earning a point and getting into an overtime and see where anything could happen. And then you have that bad turnover, which leads to the goal, the game winning goal for them. And I think there was a deflating aspect of putting in all that good work on the second night of a back to back that maybe had a little bit of a carryover effect 
into the game against Ottawa last night because the Sharks just team-wide, other than Tomas Hurdle, did not look like they were going to be well, they didn't look as hot and fiery as I expected them to be. And maybe that's going to happen today. Maybe they'll need that added motivation of having an Arendelle with them in net. And maybe they'll just have to feel like they need to do that much more to give him the support to help him earn what he didn't get in that game against Toronto when he played really, really well. Quinn was asked if there's anything he can take away from those previous road trip victories that end the road trip against Vegas or Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I think there was that focus and the urgency, you know, with that mindset of the opportunity, you know, when 82 game season, you got to find ways maybe to shorten the schedule a little bit. And uh, I think we've done a pretty good job of it on our trips and hopefully we can do the same tonight. I am hopeful for the same. And I am actually, like I said, expecting there to be a bit of a bounce back because I do think they're going to want to rally around Dell. I do think they're going to want to have a better showing after what they did last night. And I do think they want to maintain that 500 idea of how they've played on the road up to this point of the year. And, you know, I think that there's always that first take. Well, after you go out on the road for a while, the first game back in your own house can have a bit of a road feel. But, you know, I think the Sharks need anything resembling momentum that they can get right now. And if they can get a win in this final game on the road and take that bit of positivity with them back onto home ice, then you got to fight for that. That's got to be part of the narrative. You got to be able to find positives where there otherwise would have been negatives, bring that home with you, draw upon it and see if you can build something. Cause that's, you know, the closest we've got was the sharks with a three game win streak on the road, taking three out of four in the previous road trip. But other than that, it's been pretty inconsistent. It's been pretty glaring and the sharks have not been able to have that carryover from the road back to home. And this is another opportunity for them to do so to look like they can have that high quality level of play from the road, come with them back onto home ice. Another thing to keep in mind is that the Sharks do have a couple of guys battling some sort of a bug. It is not COVID, but it is something else. And I know that, uh, well, you all know that I was battling laryngitis and a monster bug of something that I got a couple weeks ago. So um, I stayed away from the Sharks that entire time, so you can't blame me. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's just how it goes this time of the year. There are going to be bugs going around teams. Everybody's got to deal with it. Everybody has got to try and figure out how to stay healthy. The Sharks are not the only team that are going to be fighting it, but they've got to figure out how to handle it. And the Sharks are lucky that they have a lot of guys on the Barracuda that a year ago uh, got to get a lot of experience playing at the NHL level. And one of those is Ryan Merkley. And I didn't play this clip for you yesterday on the buildup, but Ryan Merkley is one of those guys that definitely intrigues me. And I think that we could see more of him as we get later into the year, or if, you know, enough guys get sick right now, obviously there's a chance, but uh, I didn't play this clip for you yesterday, but when I asked Nick Nolenberger about Merkley, this is what he had to say. I think there are still parts of his game that he needs to refine. And if there were not, he'd be in the NHL as a number one pick a few years ago. But I have seen market improvement in his game this year on a consistency basis in terms of defending, stick placement, body positioning. Um, He's going to make a play from time to time that drops your jaw in a good way and a bad way, where he'll turn it over at the offensive blue line, trying to get a little bit too fancy with it, and it leads to an offensive chance the other Mm -hmm. way. He's had some passes this year that have been absolutely incredible. As if he's got eyes in the back of his head, he's able to steam it through about four different sticks and get it to the far side winger when he's bringing up the right wing and he goes cross sides. I mean, the skill has always been there. I think the skill has uh, continued to evolve. His game has slowed down a little bit in a good way. But there are still things that he needs to work on, and it's about consistency. And, you know, he's got to just come when, come in on a day-to-day basis, which he has with a, with a workman-like mentality that – I'm going to try to get 
this much better today and I'm going to try to work these certain things out of my game. And it's not a, it's not a perfect process and it never is a straight line. Right. And some guys take longer than others. It just depends on their mentality and their mindset and their development, all these different external factors. Um, but so far what I've seen from him, I think he is a better player here this year than he's been the last couple of years. And that seems maybe like a, a, a you know, simple statement, but that's what you wanted to see. Yeah. He's going to be in the AHL. We want to see improvement. And I, and I, from my vantage point, I've seen improvement from his game and we'll see if he can continue to evolve and maybe even take on a role where he is a little bit more vocal with some of the young players. Cause he's still, his personality is outgoing amongst the group, but I would say it's, it's outgoing in a way that he's good friends with them. It's not always an outgoing in the locker room, rah, rah, motivating. Mm-hmm. And he's, He's got this, if you've interacted with him, he's a really nice kid, but he's got a little bit of a unique personality in the sense that he's very almost so laid back. You feel, is there desire there? Is there uh, ambition? You know, does he have a, does he have a pulse? And that's, that's kind of what makes him great because that's the way he plays. Yeah. Um, But sometimes when you, when you're looking for just a little bit more, that that's what you start thinking, but that's his personality and he's not going to change the way he is. But again, I've seen some some improvement this year, and I think that's encouraging. And we'll see how it evolves as the season continues along. And I wanted to bring this up because every single day there is more and more trade talk that surrounds the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, the season isn't going well, and the Sharks do have valuable players on their roster where if you were in the position to vie for a Stanley Cup, you would want them on your team. One of them is Eric Carlson. I mean, people are openly asking Eric Carlson if he would ever want to come back to Ottawa. It's been speculated upon by some of the biggest speculators in the NHL media market that he could go back there, that they are interested. I mean, listen, it's out there, and as it is for a lot of other guys. But, you know, Ryan Merkley would be one of those guys that you would look to take a big step forward if Eric Carlson were to be moved. And that's one of the reasons why I asked, you know, Noli about him yesterday, because, you you know, you want to see this development happening with the younger players, especially while there is so much talk happening right now about there being moves in the future for the San Jose Sharks. And again, I don't think we're quite there yet, but I do think as we get closer to Christmas and the new year and start, you know, getting approaching the trade deadline, you're probably going to see these talks pick up unless the Sharks rattle off like 10 out of 12 games and get, you know, all those wins and thrust, thrust themselves right back into the equation. And if that happens, I'd be all for it. But if you're Mike Greer right now and you're looking at the writing on the wall and seeing where things are trending, that doesn't seem likely. It seems like you're still trying to restock the system and you've got to figure out the best way to do that. And maybe that means moving some of your best players, um, especially some of the uh, unrestricted free agents and make sure that you get the most for what you're trying to build towards. Greer is not trying to build towards being a bubble team in the NHL for the playoffs. He's trying to build a team that's going to be like, Boston is right now or like any of the other top contenders where you look like you have a chance to win a Stanley Cup and that's honestly that's exactly what I want I don't want the Sharks in the position where they're battling to be a bubble team year in year out I want them to be a top contender just like we remember them being for so long and there are going to be painful decisions along the way that have to be made and you know we've seen them over the years whether it was the trade of a Brendan Dillon Andrew Cogliano, I mean, you you talk about these. These are guys that were appreciated in their time with the Sharks, but at the same time, you're building for a future. You're not building for the here and now. If you have a here and now that overperforms and gets you into the playoffs, you're probably 
okay with that. But I want the contender. You want the contender. We want the storylines and that future more than we want the here and now, at least I think that's what everyone is coming to realize. All right, we are out of time. Be sure to join us at 3.30 for live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get ready for the final game of this road trip with the Sharks battling Buffalo and looking for an even split of this four-game road trip. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.